Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. and welcome to Mount Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus. The word temenos means sacred space in Greek. It denotes a place that is more than a mere physical location, an area of special interest that is set apart. Our Olympian temenos is dedicated to discovering and interacting with the many phenomenal manifestations of our living mythology and its local parallels in our surrounding culture. Our ongoing mission is to explore, honor, and celebrate the mythical world around us with a special focus on mythic subcultures, ancient practices and beliefs, folklore entities, fabulous feasts, haunted places, celestial chariots, otherworld encounters, magical and mystical personalities, unique establishments, and yes, even the mages, sages, and seers that serve our communities. Tonight, I'm very proud to bring you one of those major sages and seers, Maria Dondria, and we're going to be focusing on how to handle stress and anxiety through the occult. Greetings and welcome, Maria. How are you? Wonderful. How are you doing today? Okay. Thank you for having me on the show. I always love being on the show with you. (laughs) Thanks for being on. I uh, love having you on. You're a very positive uh, a person and that positivity is contagious. So <laughs> let's spread that positivity around. <laughs> so I actually have that book in my library. Um, and oh. uh, I remember reading it a few years ago, and it, w- it was very, very interesting. And I would handle the, uh, the whole uh, uh, topic of uh, stress and anxiety, which plagues our age, you know, and uh, uh, turning on to the news, whether it's short news on uh, YouTube uh, or longer news on uh, television, it, it tends to make people more anxious and uh, um, stressed these days. Oh, definitely. And, and I find, and I, I'm sure you do this also from previous talks, I find I really don't look at the news anymore. Actually, I haven't looked at the news since I was, I don't know, 12, because it was just so stressful. Mm-hmm. It used to upset my parents, because being from Europe, it was like, oh, my God, you can watch the news. <laughs> right. You know, there isn't a government telling you not to. So the fact that I couldn't watch it really upset them. <laughs> you know? But spiritually, you know, you're putting all this negative stress and energy into yourself, not on purpose. And as soon as the news becomes all positive, I promise I will watch it. <laughs> Very good. I watch enough uh, news to navigate uh, through my uh, life and to have a broad idea of what's going on, but uh, um, I don't dwell on anything uh, for too long because, again, it's uh, 
uh, it seems to evoke outrage and insecurity. Um, and uh, uh, so, again, oh, need, life is challenging yeah. enough uh, without adding. Well, you know what? I, yeah. Well, you know, I find that I know what's going on in the world all the time because for some reason, in between all the music, they stick that in there. <laughs> so yeah. it's not that we don't know what's going on. We're just not sitting there focused on it the same way. You know, you still need to know what's going on. I started. But, uh, I find it. Yeah, no, go ahead. I started focusing every day on something positive, like a, a world I would like to see all the time. Uh, so uh, I've been posting on uh, social media um, something for the day for those who want, you know, to focus on you know a better world, you know, a world. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. Uh, in and to counteract some of that negativity that's always coming in. Oh, yeah. And we definitely need that. So the fact that you're doing that, I personally think the more people look at that, I think the better it's going to get with everybody because you need that focus to pick you up, you know, to give you inner strength and to focus on what can be positive instead of looking at all the negative. It's not that we're not aware of the negative. You know, it's just that we're not trying to focus and create it and make it stronger. You know, that's why we have all this stress now. So we want to find different ways to tone down the stress. And your book, I remember, had ways uh, for anybody, regardless of what they resonated with. Uh, you had prayers, you had spells, you had things you could do with crystals and gems, uh, how to use uh, meditation and mandalas. Uh, herbs, oils, all sorts of things. So you made it really easy for somebody to find something that they felt comfortable working with uh, to get them started and then play with that they can keep experimenting until they found something that they, they really liked. Well, I appreciate that because I've been doing this all my life, but full time since I'm 16. And the thing is that in the occult, there are so many different paths. And you may not resonate with 20, but you may resonate with one. Right. <laughs> so, and I find, too, that at different times in your life, you resonate to something different. It's not always the same. So I like to give people a choice to see what fits them at that time. You know, it makes it a little bit easier. And I find a lot of times, you know, people don't really think about it consciously as much. But when you're under stress, it influences your mind and your body. And it's really caused by positive or negative life experiences. You know, I find like, like stress, as an example, you know, uh, in a positive way. People don't think of, of stress as positive sometimes, <laughs> you know. And there is no, a positive it's happening, yes. Yeah, I, so lift I, I find so like, I see stress yeah. as something very positive. Um, I lift right. weights every day. So stress to make the muscles stronger and to grow. So stress is not my enemy. Stress can be my friend. It's just some types of stress are healthy and other types of stress, like when you wear yourself out physically, that's not healthy. Oh, exactly. I find that's like when you're waiting for the curtain to go up at the theater, you know, yes. you're kind of anxious and stressed because I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Or sometimes stress or anxiety makes you do better on your job, and now you're going to get a promotion. If you weren't stressed, it might not have pushed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people don't think of it like that. And there's so many different tools you can use. Uh, and I find one of the things that I, I don't have it in my book, but one of the things that I find also can be interesting is the biofeedback machine because that uh, monitors your stress. 
Yeah. And then it'll have um, either sound or lights or numbers or printouts that helps you tone down your level to a deeper level of calmness, you know, and then, you know, you just hook up to it and it gives you the feedback. You know, I like visual. (laughs) And then you have all those different herbs and things, you know, there's always a way. Um, I find it on a very, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I find even if you don't do anything else on an extremely, extremely minimal level, when something comes up at that second, okay, uh, I find if, and it always works, I find if you take very, very slow, slow, deep breaths, and you need to do at least three or it doesn't work, but if you do at least three or more and you lower your shoulders, you'll immediately feel less stress. It may not take the whole thing away. But it will lessen it because when your muscles are relaxed, it's harder to be stressed. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I learned the same thing uh, through the silver mind control years and years and years ago. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a graduate of that, too. Oh, you're a graduate? <laughs> I never took the course. Oh, yeah. Before. We do everything. <laughs> I read it through books. And I remember once you uh, master going to Alpha, you can get to Alpha mm-hmm. in a few seconds. You know, you know where it is and how to find it. And uh, um, sometimes I like taking my time getting there, though. I don't want to get there in five seconds. I want to take a good, like, 20 seconds, (laughs) half a minute to enjoy the trip uh, there. But once you can identify it, I don't think you need the biofeedback machine because you know you're there. You know exactly what it feels like. Um, Oh, I I agree with you. It's just a matter of getting something that will, you know, give you that feel in the first place. Because I find any time that we're working on the spiritual plane or the occult side, or, you know, trying to get rid of stress, you know, we're always on that brainwave. Because people don't realize when you're looking at brainwaves, uh, there's really five. You, they always talk about four, but, mm-hmm. you know, you and I have talked about it before. They have gamma, which is your uh, flight, you know, your flight level, or beta, which is when we're talking to each other normally, and mm-hmm. then alpha and then theta are your psychic occult levels. And delta is more like you can slow your heartbeat like some yogis, um, you know, or it's a coma or it's a very, very heavy trance. So when we are creating and toning down stress, we're really working on alpha theta. So like you said, once you get the feel of that, you can mm-hmm. go back to it on your own because you'll recognize it. Yeah, I, I like the machines too. I went to a, I, I was invited uh, to uh, a uh, seminar in New York City uh, a couple of years ago, I guess. Um, and mm-hmm. Be a guest on my show, so they wanted me to come to their uh, uh, workshop. So I came to the workshop, and uh, they were talking about changing uh, brainwave patterns. So um, I remember saying that I learned how to do that, and I enjoy doing that. And uh, uh, they said, "Oh no, it's really difficult to, to do." So they hooked me up to a machine, uh, and mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> yeah, I changed my brainwave patterns uh, a few times uh, because, again, I've been doing this <laughs> since I was a little kid. And I love playing in my mind and in my imagination and, uh, you know, the etheric, the astral, the mental planes. Right. And so, uh, yeah, once you know how to get there, once you know the address or. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's really true because you can, you know, you can work with it a lot better. And I find no matter which form you use to get there, you know, like mandalas, basically, they're drawings that just pull your consciousness in. Mm. So, you know, you're, you're disconnecting from everything. 
I find one thing that I think people misunderstand uh, with meditation is that, and it's very calming, and I use it more on the occult side to get information that clients or I need to know. But you can also use it as guided meditations for specific reasons. And uh, actually, in the book, I have so many different reasons. It probably covers everything, you know. But um, you know, but what happens? <laughs> but what happens is um, when you're working on meditation, a lot of times the way people teach it is that they tell you to look at, and I'm sure you've heard it, to look at a candle flame and watch the flame move, and. I find that doesn't work for meditation because, honestly, that's concentration. It's teaching you how mm-hmm. to concentrate. Meditation, you have to close your eyes and disconnect from the physical plane because how are you going to go inward when your focus is outward? Right. You know? So I think sometimes people try really hard to meditate and they're doing the candle flaming thing and they feel like, there's something wrong with them. They can't get into meditation. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. They're just not using the right technique. Right. It, it, it's, it's not, nothing in life is 100%. But I found that meditation yeah. is one of the most reliable things. You know, uh, there exactly. have been cases where I just can't get there on that day at that time. Uh, but almost all the time, uh, you, know, it, it, you can get there once you know how. I think so. And I find like with the book, I put in a lot of uh, short meditations besides, and they're short, you know, besides the uh, gemstones and the incense and everything else that we use as tools, because I find that a lot of times in meditation, you can change the energy around you. So part of it, you can change your outlook so that you attract situations and people differently, or you can actually change the situation um, manifesting it or creating it. So as an example, if uh, you can actually change how other people see you and people are always looking at, well, maybe if they dress differently, they have a different attitude. But if you meditate, you'll see what you need to change with yourself so that other people see you differently, you know, or That's if you're dealing with, uh, you know, with, um, as an example, if you're dealing with like dropping weight, <laughs> that, that, that was so good that you could do that. <laughs> Most so. I find that uh, with the visualization too, if you if you show right. your mind what it is that you're trying to accomplish uh, by visualizing it, and uh, not just looking at it as an observer, but really draw yourself into the image that uh, things happen more to what you have in mind than the surprises that the universe sometimes throws at you. <laughs> if you're, I know. <laughs> I, I always laugh because I talk to some people once in a while that, um, you know, that come to me because they're working on um, getting rid of weight, you know. And uh, I, I always laugh because they're always focused on the number, you know, on the scale. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, you just, can, you just need to gauge by how you feel. Sometimes you can gauge better by how your clothes fit, <laughs> right. you know. And you have to look at why do you want to drop weight? You know, and the reason I say it like that is because if you're doing it for yourself and it makes you feel good, it's wonderful. But if you're doing it because somebody guilted you into it, it's never going to happen. Or you can get it to happen, but you're going to be miserable because it's not something you wanted. You know? And the other thing is I find where a lot of times people, uh, and again, it's a manifesting thing. A lot of times people will say, well, they're trying to lose weight. 
And I'm always saying, no, you don't want to say that. You want to say you're dropping weight. Because if you lose something, the universe is going to try giving it back to you. It's going to feel bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) You lost that. Oh, we feel terrible. Let's give it back. We should give back more because you lost it. If you're dropping something, it's gone. (laughs) Very good point. It's those little tweaks. Consciousness is very literal. Yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, it it really is. It's like I find when you're doing meditations, um, like I said, I have short ones in my book, and I always suggest to people um, that they record it, they read it and record it, and then play it back for themselves because it has more impact if you're using your own voice. And if you're reading it, you're not meditating (laughs) because you're focused outward. Right. Some people have a wonderful memory where they'll read it, they'll remember it, and then they'll just go through it mentally. Apparently, I'm not one of those people. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, nowadays, you really have to be careful because everybody's so stressed and then they try to put it on you, you know, for various reasons, especially with the virus now. But even their jobs, their personal lives, you know, um, with a lot of things that really don't pertain to you. And now you're stressed about somebody else's problem because you feel bad for them. And it's not that we shouldn't feel for them. It's just that you don't want to connect it to it's also you because it's not. No? Right. So, no, it's, it's, it's I, very I, true. Yeah. People do yeah. try to uh, – uh, we see it even at high levels. You know, uh, people try mm-hmm. to uh, avert responsibility by assigning blame uh, so, you know, the blame game, they call it, and that's a very right. common in our culture and in a lot of other cultures. So, uh, yeah, that, that is something that you got to be careful for. And, uh, uh, yes, you're right. If you do something for, for other for the best of reasons, uh, it won't come out uh, the way uh, you think. And it gives birth to that expression, be careful what you wish for, you might get it. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Well, I find, too, with stress, um, people look at it as you just have to be very calm and it'll just calm. And then when it doesn't, now they're more stressed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a lot of times you really need different techniques. So like I said, the quickest way is if you're breathing really slowly a couple of times, you lower your shoulders. And it it actually tones it down because when we're upset, like um, if somebody's at their job and the boss is giving them a hard time over something that really has nothing to do with them. (laughs) <laughs> you know, or they're just, like you said, blaming. Okay. If you're breathing slowly, you're not going to get it stressed, and you're not going to say something that you shouldn't say because now you're upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it really does help you gauge. I find, too, it helps people when they're dealing with somebody that passed away. Um, and people always say to me that when you're dealing with stress on that level, they want to find something where they're not stressed anymore because, the whole thing goes away. And I know when I listen to some people in our field, they're always saying, oh, we can fix that. It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> you're not uh-huh. going to forget the person. You're not meant to forget the person. What you're going to do is you're going to be able to handle it better, but why would you even want to forget the person? I mean, it, does, right. it really doesn't work like that. So the stress will help you handle it better, but it's not supposed to make it go away because, you know, we're human. <laughs> right. That, that's if, you're, if you're totally non-emotional, that's a, that's a whole other issue in itself. <laughs> you know? 
that is. I was thinking earlier back today. I was thinking about uh, um, how a lot of people believe that uh, being positive uh, means uh, suppressing your emotions uh, and mm-hmm. uh, not accepting any negativity. That's part of the human condition. So you need to be aware of it. Sometimes it's telling you something important. And you need to uh, listen to it, and you need to know how to handle it or how to diffuse it. But if you suppress it, uh, then like anything else that gets suppressed or, or pressed down, eventually it'll explode somewhere. <laughs> oh, right, and then it's a lot worse. And, yeah. and I find, uh, you know, um, when my mother passed away, because I'm, you know, an occultist, and people would say to me, oh, they, they knew that I wasn't upset. And I'm like, why would I not be upset? did did I become less human because I can do occult work I mean I know where she is I felt she was in a better place that doesn't mean you don't miss the person (laughs) you know so if I was upset it confused people it's like you know with what I do it's like how can you be upset she's in a better place I'm like yeah but I'm here (laughs) so sometimes (laughs) when people are um, dealing with a death you know, with somebody passing, they feel like, oh, I should be able to let this go or work through it quick. And everybody goes at their own pace. There's no good or bad. There's no timing with it. And again, people assume that, you know, it'll help you, uh, especially when you're working stress out, that it's going to help you forget the situation. It's not supposed to forget. It's just supposed to be able to have you handle it better, whatever you're stressed about. That, that's very true. And it is, as you say, a matter of missing the person. You know, you know that you'll encounter the person in dreams. You know that you'll encounter the person in meditation. You'll know you're encountered the person, um, you know, through some, if you do astral projection or any type of work right. like that. But still, they're not there. And, and you miss exactly. them. Exactly. You know. I find, too, um, if you're trying to get a little bit more peace of mind, you know, there are power words. You know, we always talk about how, you know, if somebody, if something's negative, we're always going cancel, cancel, cancel. Yes. <laughs> and I always laugh because people are always looking at you canceling negative situations. But I find, you know, every now and then we're going to have a thought that's not positive because, you know, human. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. find a lot of times if I think something negative because I'm breathing, immediately I'm going cancel, cancel because I don't want to put that energy out. Uh-huh. But it doesn't mean that, you know, I want to let it hit because, you know, I've been doing this for so many years that if I think it, it hits quicker. So I'm doing a lot of cancel on me sometimes. <laughs> we all have off days. Yeah. But I find for peace, which helps with the stress, um, when you're looking at um, working from uh, a power word, to get to gain more peace in any situation, it's funny. Mm-hmm. The word is be b e. If you like, let there be peace. Okay. Right? So the word b e. If you keep repeating that, that will actually put you into a state of peace. Hmm. I didn't know so that. So that helps in stress. Mm-hmm. It's a power word. So that helps. And you know, sometimes I can be a red a, a red light in the car because you know how it is. Yes. We're working all the time, you know, yes, and I need to go cancel, peace, something. Because <laughs> 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 we're always working for ourselves or for others. Yeah. So I'm probably That's the only true. one at a red light in a car going, no, don't change yet. I need another minute. <laughs> 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 yes, our focus is a little different. 
But if you keep repeating that word like B, 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 you know, how many times you want, uh, there's no specific. But if you say that on and off, it will actually bring you more of um, a feeling of peace. So sometimes we need something quicker. I will try that uh, during one of my meditations this week. I will use that word um, and uh, just uh, repeat it. Um, I've used Mm -hmm. uh, uh, affirmations a lot. I believe in affirmations. And uh, some of the affirmations, you can make them into mantras, but I've never tried Mm -hmm. the power. So that'll be a new thing to experiment with. And actually, uh, yes. Some of, them, some of them are in there. And the other thing is that all the meditations in there, uh, nobody's going to see it anywhere else because throughout the years I came up with them. So they're just mine. <laughs> so that's why I know they work because I've used them for years. You know how it is in the occult. If you try something that doesn't work, we just don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> if it works no. every single time, then we'll pass it on. <laughs> That's a very true thing. Cause, uh, again, we, mm-hmm. we learn through experimentation and by doing. Um, you're one of the few people I know, uh, and I know lots of people, uh, who describes themselves as an occultist. I do the same, but very few people uh, are comfortable with that uh, particular uh, label. It just means that you're someone who deals with the hidden uh, aspects of life. Occult means hidden. Exactly. Uh, Oh, I don't know why uh, people are uncomfortable with it. Well, you know, sometimes I think uh, it could be because, you know, they're watching all these shows on TV, you know, and I had a very nice lady client a couple years ago, and she was asking me what I do, and I said a call, and she went like, oh, and she's thinking dead pigeon in the backyard. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> And the funny thing is, I, you know, you and I, we don't do negative. I believe in karma. No. You believe in karma. We really don't do anything negative. Well, not that I've never messed up, but it's not conscious. Right. You know? So we really try as hard as we can to only do positive. So I'm always explaining a cult. Sometimes if I'm um, doing the show as an example, I have to remember to use the word paranormal. It just means a cult. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Normal, you're the hidden. Exactly. You know, and the funny part, because I, I think this is funny. The funny part is people always go, oh, they don't want to deal with the paranormal and they get all upset and everything. And, you know, people deal with it every day in their lives. Because if you look at somebody wearing, say, glasses so that they can read better or uh, the hearing aids, it's out of their norm. It's paranormal. It just, you know, they don't look at it like that. <laughs> right. No, they don't. And that's, and that's sad. There's so, there's so much to life that uh, most people, uh, um, you know, ignore and they keep their narrow, very focused. And uh, there, right. there's a universe, a magical universe out there to explore. Oh, fact, I, I always look at this, there's layers. And it's not always layers like up and down, <laughs> sideways, uh-huh. you know, we interact. And there's so many realms that are here in our space that just vibration is different. So they're you know, the vibration is a different level, then we just don't see them. That's like, you know, when you they have those whistles for the dogs and the dogs answer and we're going, I don't know what that was. <laughs> we didn't hear it. They The dogs did. So there's so much that people don't really think about. You know, it's not just all about us. No, no, it isn't. Um, and, mm-hmm. 
you have a very long history, and you've shared it uh, several uh, times, and it's always, like, totally uh, fascinating. Um, and uh, for people who are just uh, tuning in, uh, how did the hidden side of life uh, call you? Like, what were your earliest callings? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> actually, I've always had this. It's more that as I got a little bit older and I went to school and I went, oh, they don't see the, you know, person that passed away standing next to them. Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, that's like, you know, when you're talking to people, you don't ask them if they're breathing. You just assume everybody is. You know? And uh, I've always been able to see spirits or, you know, different realms or go out of body. And it was funny because when I was older, I was in my teens, I read a book and it, and it was talking about astral projection. And I got all excited. I'm like, oh, it has a name. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But um, you know, like I said, one of the strongest situations I had is when we're coming over during the revolution. And I know we've talked about it. And when I was coming over during the revolution, um, and we were escaping, and we were in a group of people, and I heard a voice that basically said to keep moving forward and we'd be safe. So I explained that to the adults. I was six. So I explained mm-hmm. it to them because <laughs> the group was trying to split up, half go home, half go forward. And uh, the half that went forward that listened to me, um, we were all safe. Everybody got to the Austrian border. Everybody was safe. And unfortunately, everybody that went back um, was killed. Oh. And I remember saying to my mother, I don't understand why adults would listen to somebody that's six. Because <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I was thinking I wouldn't have listened. You know? But she said, whichever way I said it, she said, it didn't sound like an adult. And then I just went back to talking the way I normally did. Mm-hmm. So I really don't remember it because things like that have happened throughout my life. So it's normal for me. <laughs> you know? So I don't really think about it as much. You know, just like with you, you have a lot of situations in your life that have always been normal for you. And then when did you realize that you don't function the exact same way as most of society? Very young, um, because I, too, I I was sensitive to all sorts of uh, spirits and spiritual activity. And uh, I'm Greek, so I grew up where they believed in those types of things. And we had the stories from the folklore. We had the stories from the myths. And, uh, you know, people practiced their own, like, folk magic and and things like that. So um, that was kind of normal. It was only later on when I grew up, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, people who had assumed it was like imaginary playmates (laughs) (laughs) discovered what and uh, that it didn't stop, you know, I didn't stop at a certain age by growing out of it or, you know, that I started uh, discovering that the outside world uh, doesn't really uh, feel comfortable hearing or talking about, (laughs) talk about them. Uh, They look at you and will treat you sometimes drastically as if there's something seriously wrong with you. So I learned how to just not communicate a big chunk of uh, my perceptions. And it, right. I, I describe it to people, imagine if um, nobody had a sense of smell except you. And you could smell things. <laughs> There's no words for them. So you, you get words from wherever you could find them. And in our case, it's the occult, the paranormal, religion, you know, spiritualism, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you use these words because they help you describe what you're experiencing. But they're not quite it. 
So uh, exactly. uh, if you try to block it, you feel dead and cold inside, and your, your life gets very dead and cold, so you can't block it. Uh, so it, you need to find a way of uh, integrating it and accepting it and uh, uh, using it. It's, it's actually pretty cool. You know, I, I would say that uh, um, despite all the difficult situations I found myself early on because of it, uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing to have in my life. Oh, I think so, too. And, you know, well, I've been doing this really all my life, but I've actually been doing it professionally since I'm 16, which you know, I can't even, you know. But um, I always felt like it helps people. And, you know, the first time when I started doing uh, psychic readings, as an example, for other people, well, I, I've always done it for other people, but professionally, uh, it started because I had friends in school that were always coming to me for information on how to do things, what direction to move in. And, uh, you know, it was really funny because I never told anybody I did this. They would just come. <laughs> now, uh-huh. and, you know, and, and then after a while, I realized I was talking to one of um, my friends, and she says, well, everybody else knew. What do you mean you didn't know? I'm like, oh, there's a word for it. <laughs> you know? So I go, okay. And I think a lot of times, uh, it makes you feel good, and I know you you have the same thing. It makes you feel good that we can actually help people because yes. that's really the whole point is that we want to help people, and what I love about you and your show and with Athena is that we try to give people real information because we're not into ego going, well, you know, if we tell people how to do this, they don't need us. No, the point is that the more people can do for themselves, the better the world gets. Yes. You know, and that's really what we're trying to do is make everybody aware whenever they're ready. You know, we're not trying to convert people, change people, tell people what to do and not to do. But if they ask or if they're open to it, then we're more than willing to help. Where, you know, when I first started writing books um, that have, you know, real information, I had people calling me up in our field that were really angry with me because I was giving away secrets. Now, first of all, a lot yeah. of the secrets were mine. And they wouldn't have yeah. known it anyway. <laughs> you know, it's just from years of doing, you know. And then, of course, you have some things that everybody, you know, well, most people in our field wouldn't know, like um, the stone selenite. If you use that, if it's like within three feet of your body or like when you're going to sleep, if it's near you, it's a calming stone. But it's also mm-hmm. charging. So if you put a gemstone or herb or picture, whatever you want, if you put that on the selenite, or just um, having it touch the selenite, okay, it will charge it. Yeah. So things like that, I think people in general could find out. But a lot of what you teach and what I teach are more experience and information that's been passed down. You know, especially like, uh, as a shaman, I have a lot of underground information. But right. the point is, at this, this place in time, you know, we're okay to pass it on. You know, we're not going to be burned as a witch, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. So, you know, yeah, you kind of have to look at we're not at the time of the Druids where they were hunted. So it's more that, you know, you have to know what to do when and when not to. You know? And I think this is a time where people are more open to magic. Obviously not everybody. And we're not trying to convert anybody that's not open to this. We're not trying to change them, influence no. them. You know, we don't do that on the positive side which confuses people. I was on a show a couple of years ago and I was on a TV show and the gentleman said to me, well, what do you say to people that, 
don't believe in what you do. I said, I don't say anything. So he goes, no, no. How, how are you going to change their mind? I spent five minutes explaining we don't do that. <laughs> very true. I, I, don't think he, I don't think he was very happy with me because he, he was waiting for me to explain how to change somebody's mind, but we don't do that. <laughs> you know, everybody's in their right place at their right time on their right path. We leave them alone. <laughs> you know, so very, the very gentleman true. was not too happy. I've had that conversation with people, too, and uh, I told them pretty much the same thing, that uh, um, I'm sharing what I found in my journey. It's been tried and tested, uh, you know, and I'm sharing Mm -hmm. it, uh, but I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. You know, they can um, experiment with it. They can dismiss it. (laughs) They can, you know, think Mm -hmm. it's my imagination. That's okay. You know, it's okay with me. I'm just sharing um, what I see as I travel my way through life. And what I found exactly. helpful. Yeah, and that's a big difference that you're willing to share, you know. And I, by the way, I, I have to say, I think you and Athena have such a great connection. And I think that really makes a difference in allowing both of you to be who you are. That, that's you know, very spiritual. true. And uh, that is a problem for a lot of uh, people uh, who are open to the more mystical side of uh, life. Uh, it tends to, um, I guess, other people start pulling away. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've heard other people call other people who are very smart, call them flaky, you know, because they're interested in uh, <laughs> uh, something beyond the senses or they're exploring something that most people don't uh, explore. Uh, and it does make it difficult. Uh, like I found in my relationships in the past, uh, if you're not with somebody who shares uh, a broad view of the same uh, um, way you view life, you're going to have problems at some point, you know, religious problems, uh, uh, financial right. problems, some sort of problem. Uh, so it's, it's better to find people who are in tune with you uh, and to stay with them rather than, you know, to try to um, look for people thinking that they'll change or they think that you'll change. Cause uh, we really don't change. I, I'm pretty much the same. No. Or as I was when I was a kid, uh, I've learned to do things and I, I, I've broadened my perspective, but I can't say I've changed. No, and I find, uh, you know, if I'm going out with somebody, you know, dating, if I'm dating and I'm dealing with somebody I, and it looks like, you know, we're going to be going out for a little bit, I always explain that, you know, I can be very flexible about a lot of things, but I'm not going to be flexible about my belief system or what I do because that's me breathing. Whether yeah. I did it professionally or not, that's always been me. That none of that's changing, you know. And uh, it, it was funny. I was talking to actually, I was getting help from somebody um, on the computer because computers and I just don't do well together, you know. And I was trying to get some help with something, and the guy is trying to explain it to me over the phone. And I truly, it's like a different language, right? Like we are to some other people, and mm-hmm. I just didn't get it, like. Push what, do do what, you know? And, you know, so he finally says to me, he says, look, he says, you really, really have to learn computer. Now, you know, we speak to people that have passed away, especially when somebody requests it in a reading so we can help them. So we talk to people mm-hmm. that passed. So he's telling me, I really have to learn computer. So I said to him, and you know how you don't think before you say something sometimes? Yes, <laughs> you know? And I said to him, I said, listen, I said... <laughs> I said, it's not enough. I can raise the debt. Now you want me to learn computer? That's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what to say to me. <laughs> it was just like, 
but that's what it is, you know. Well, what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, really. So I'm not, I know I'm not going to get into learning computers. First of all, electrical things sometimes don't do well with either one of us. And now no. I'm going to touch a computer. <laughs> I don't think so. So I do minimal. I, I, you know, not that I won't, but I do minimal. And sometimes they'll crash and I just need to walk away, like physically get up and walk away for a while. You know, and I'm, then it'll turn I'm, back on. I'm wary of computers too, even though so much of what we do these days is on computer. And I, I'm the same way. Yeah, you know, I can do a lot of things effortlessly, but with computers, somebody needs to walk me through it more times than they care to until I get the yes. basics of it. Once I have the basics, uh, I'm fine on my own and I, I can experiment. Uh, but I don't know if it's an inner resistance or what, but uh, I need that. Uh, uh, I need to be walked through it again and again and again. Yeah. It's like, oh, then the light goes off. You know, okay, I can do that. Yeah, yeah I'm the same way. And, and I think a lot of it is the energy that we have, when, especially when, not necessarily when we're helping other people or when we're working because it's just us, but sometimes mm-hmm. our energies move up and down and the vibration frequency is different than a lot of people at different times. And then I find if I'm touching something electrical, you know, I've gone through so many toasters, I should have bought stock. <laughs> you, know, it just, it, you know, now and I look at a toaster, before I touch it, I go, let's see, am I psychically on alpha? And no, okay, I can touch it. <laughs> uh, I don't want to buy more. <laughs> we buy so many coffee makers. Uh. <laughs> see, same thing. <laughs> I think the universe is quirky and it just, it just laughs at us, you know. <laughs> I'm glad of entertainment to the universe. Right. <laughs> the ancient uh, Greeks believed that we're here for the gods' entertainment, that our lives are kind of like a, a reality show for them. So uh, when, things are, <laughs> when things are interesting, I remind myself of that. <laughs> you know, it probably is. I would not be surprised. You know, it's like I find, you know, because I'm from uh, Budapest, and I find, yeah. uh, you know, they have different myths, and, you know, it's more accepted over there. And it was funny because they have um, a bird for the nation. It's called Turu. And it's a mythical bird. And the story is that when the nation is in trouble, you call on this bird to help the nation as much as it can. Because some situations, the nations have to go through, you know. So I was thinking Mm -hmm. about the other day, and I'm like, you know, you can't call it in just to help you. Why not? isn't it supposed to help you, but it's really for the nation rather than individuals. And part of me kept going, I, I don't understand why I can't call on it. And it's not that I can't, it's just that it kind of goes, ah, not now. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. But I find some things um, shamanically and through different countries, you know, like Greece and Hungary, I, there are some things that really only get passed down verbally. Right. You know, except you and I are starting to teach it, and I, we have it in books and different situations. But a lot of it is really still to this day passed down only verbally. Don't you find that? That is that is very true. And I remember when I was growing up in uh, in Greece, um, there were people who had this knowledge, and they could only pass it on at the time of their death. Uh, and there right. were also conditions. So. Of course, you know, people aren't always in control of their last uh, days. Uh, So a lot of times a person has uh, fallen into dementia uh, Mm -hmm. or 
responsiveness uh, so that knowledge is uh, lost, uh, at least through the, the right. line of transmission. And uh, also, as you pointed out before, where people are getting upset that you're giving out secrets, there are lots of uh, um, organizations that preserve this knowledge. But mm-hmm. I always out that I don't belong <laughs> to any of these organizations. <laughs> Uh, I'm with they, you. <laughs> they, they didn't give me something that I'm now, you know, giving away to people who I promised not to share it with. I found this on my own. You know, it, it came to me on mm-hmm. my own. So, you know, I, I, no one when I got it, nobody told me not to share it. You know, so uh, exactly. Uh, well, I find um, we normally have shadow books, and you know, we just write down basically things that work that we tried. Every now and then I'll write something down. Don't do this. It didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, and it really gets passed down to, um, you know, your children or it gets passed down to neophytes, uh, you know, whoever you're close to that you think will carry it on. Because, you know, our children may not be interested in what we're doing. You know, not not that they're not interested, but they're not into it. They're not going to keep doing that. You know? Right, we so, uh, your life. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I was laughing because you know, with my two sons, they're um, in normal professions because you know this is all I do full time. But they mm-hmm. also read and they also, you know, do things in this field. You know, and at one point, uh, my son says to me, he "says Listen, I need to look at the book now." <laughs> <laughs> he says, and he, you know, he's a little bit more techy. He says, "Listen, you know." I can put it on the computer for you. I'm like, I wrote it. Why would I, you want to put it on the computer for me? I will never look at it. <laughs> you know? So the thought was there, you know, and they can look at the books whenever they want because, you know, they're, your books. They're, you know, they're my sons. But the thing is, it's really funny. And some things I've actually put into my books because we are trying to teach and share when people are ready. You know, I find what I have a difficult time with, and I don't know if you have this, um, I have a difficult time, and I have to figure out how to use Zoom. Everybody's using Zoom now. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, I have a very hard time, and this is why. I like, if I'm I'm doing public speaking, and, you know, last time I had a couple of hundred people, but I can see them, and I can see, you know, am I, should I change my words to be more technical, less technical, explain it more, explain it less, you know, because people are at different levels. And if I'm on Zoom, I have no clue what my audience is. And it frustrates me because, you know, um, I haven't done it yet. I do have a situation where I'm going to be doing that with the conference, uh, you know, the Albuquerque one. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I keep thinking, honestly, I keep thinking, if I have to sit there for an hour to talk, I I don't know. I I would be bored (laughs) because it's kind of like, you know, watching it because usually – if you're talking to an audience, you move around, you know, it's, right. not, it's not as, you know, so I'm thinking, I, I have no idea how to connect to this. So part of me is like, why couldn't I just go to Albuquerque? <laughs> you know, it would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, you know what you're talking about. With Zoom, you can see people. You just can't see everybody. Um, oh, you okay. can see people so and then there's like a part where you can see more people. Um, I've been on a bunch of Zoom uh, uh, conferences as a, a guest, and I like talking live too. I like engaging my audience, whether I've taught a college right. class or I'm talking about uh, something metaphysical like runes. I like looking at people. I like talking to them and engaging them. Right. So, 
I was very concerned uh, about uh, that. Um, And uh, what I did was I told the people who were moderating it that if Mm -hmm. they ask questions, if they ask a question, just put them on the screen and and I'll talk to them. Or if I can look at them myself, I'll occasionally scroll to see what people are doing. Um, Right. Yeah, I only did that, like I said, I did that once. It wasn't Mm -hmm. um, a big thing. I did that once. But, um, you know, I I know what you mean because even with us, you know, we can – you know, see how we relate with each other so that we can get more information to people. You know, the more information you and I put out, the better, because I'll say something and then you'll have a great idea that I didn't, you know. So, you know, it puts it out there a little bit differently than when you're just doing it all by yourself. Very, very true. So I, I find, especially because we really genuinely want to help people, so we want to be able to gauge I find uh, I was listening to a lecture years ago, and very, very nice gentleman, and he was extremely impressive. What happened was he was using very technical words. Now, you and I would get it, but he was using very, very technical words. And when people left, he was very impressive, but they didn't get anything out of it because they didn't know what he meant. (laughs) So, you know, you kind of have to gauge and we're not to, we never talk up or down to people. We just want no. to make sure that we can help. And the way we can help is understanding what they already know or, and how we can add to that. And I must say, as we're approaching the last uh, 10 minutes of the show, that uh, Maria, <laughs> Maria, without knowing it, has given me, like, tons of information <laughs> through the things that have been up. And I'll give one example. Uh, she brought up uh, a bird that uh, Hungarian shamans appeal to, you know, when uh, assistance is needed. And uh, I was working on uh, um, something that I was uh, writing, um, and it dealt with uh, appeals to higher powers of, you know, that people envision in different ways uh, to get assistance <laughs> on a national, you know, level. Um, earlier this uh, week. So there were a few topics that I was very, very focused on that I did not bring up and I did not bring to Maria's attention before the show. And she managed to give me like (laughs) information that I was looking for without my even uh, requesting. You're good, Maria. You're really good. (laughs) Not that we're intuitive and psychic or anything. And actually the way way you spell the bird's name is T-U-R-U-L. And they actually have Statues in Hungary, you might be able to find a picture of it. Okay, I will. I will move. <laughs> now, you've written over 65 uh, books, either totally or in part, and that's a very respectable uh, number. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim Beckley's been awesome to me, too. I've been in 16 anthologies, I think, if you count the one that's coming out this month or next month. Um, and Great. Uh, now... Now I've gotten some invitations to write uh, for anthologies uh, for other publishers. So uh, wonderful. That that is uh, awesome. So Tim is an awesome individual that we both uh, know and we both care a lot uh, about. And uh, um, how can somebody look through your sixty-five books? And you're going to as soon as you look through his books, you're going to want to buy lots of them because. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorites is one she has on mythical monsters because I love mythology, but I also enjoyed this book on uh, stress and anxiety. 
Um, and uh, I believe uh, Tim had sent it to me early on when we reconnected when I was doing book reviews. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the books. He oh, right. me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of times people can get it on Amazon or Kindle, but they can also get it through Tim, uh, our publisher, who basically his uh, company is called, or the publishing company is called Inner Light Publications, and they can just Google him and get in touch. And I have some DVDs out because I used to have a TV show where, you know, people have TV shows in my field and they do readings on the air. I didn't mm-hmm. do that. Uh, so what I did was I used to teach on the air. Awesome. So, you know, we were a little different, so he has some DVDs of some of the things that I taught. And once in a while I'd have, you know, a guest. But part of the show was always teaching, if not the whole thing. You know. And this was um, on, uh, on local cable? Yes. Mm-hmm. I had a local cable show, too. It was the most fun I've had in, in decades. <laughs> I did yeah. that for like five years, yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. I did that for a couple of years, so I was always teaching, you know. And, you know, it's funny. I haven't done that in years because the wonderful, wonderful gentleman, I had a very nice uh, woman and a gentleman that was helping me in the control room. And uh, he got a normal job. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he didn't have as much time to do that anymore, you know, which we were happy, we, we were happy for him because, you know, it was funny because we were manifesting the job for him. Right? Yeah. And he got the job and then we couldn't do the show. <laughs> but that's okay because the whole point is to help other people. It yeah. just means that, you know, you need to move on. And I was in um, one of the drugstores, I think I was at CVS uh, about a year ago, and I'm online, and this guy, this guy was running over to me, and he's like, I know you, I know you, he saw the show, he taped every show. Oh, awesome. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, it was, you know, a couple of years ago now, and I'm thinking, I don't know how he remembered, not to mention, you know, you're not quite, you're dressed for hanging out. <laughs> it was just funny. When Athena and yeah. I were in house hunting in Pennsylvania, uh, some, of the, mm-hmm. uh, some of the real estate agents and some of the homeowners uh, were fans of my show. And I, I didn't even think, yeah, it feels like nobody's watching your show. Yeah, cause like, I know, I'm, right? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> and recently when I went to New York, uh, people were yelling out, uh, you know, Hercules Invictus, you know, Hercules. You know, yeah. And I was very, very surprised. <laughs> but I, I guess we have listeners in, in New York City. Oh, that, yeah, you know, I, it's I funny because that. you don't know. But I have to tell you, it makes you feel good that you actually help people because yeah. the gentleman was saying how he did some of the things I said on the show and they all worked and he was like really happy and he's still doing some of them, you know, like saying cancel. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, it makes you feel good that somebody's doing better and you had a little bit of a hand in it. That yeah. for everybody listening, that works. By the way, it, it doesn't sound like much of a thing, but it really is. If you can catch yep. negative thoughts before they grow and take over your mind, it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. That's a really phenomenal <laughs> way to do it. I'm going to try B tonight when I when I go to bed. Yeah, and really, well, it really, you know, it's, it's funny. It really, really works. By the way, the other thing that word works for besides mm-hmm. that, it works for improving your health. Oh, awesome. I could, I could always... But some words are multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. So if, now, if you're using that word for health, then you want to focus on the purpose as health, and it speeds up your natural healing process. 
So I, I will definitely give that a try uh, tonight. How can people contact you, Maria, and how can they uh, uh, check out all the wonderful things that you've done? You've directed them to your books already on Amazon and with Inner Light uh, um, uh, uh, publications. How else can they uh, find you? Uh, well, I have a website that just says MariaDeAndrea.com. And I laugh, my, the guy that did my site, he figured I have a better shot at me remembering the name. <laughs> yes. You know, and um, my, my cell number is 631-559-1248. They can call me, they can text me, and I get back, you know, usually within a day or so, if, just in case I miss them. And my email address is mdeandrea, so it's M D A N. D-R-E-A-100 at gmail.com. I usually tell people, if possible, unless they're out of the country or wherever, you know, use my cell because I don't look at the email as often, uh, probably not as often as I should. I get around to it eventually, <laughs> but I'm not being unfriendly <laughs> if I don't answer as quickly. <laughs> I'm the same over text, so I certainly understand that. Maria, you're right? awesome, and uh, I enjoyed oh, this you. hour a great deal. Um, what do you call it? And uh, it goes so fast. Yes. Well, you it, know, it, um, I love talking to you because you're so knowledgeable and you're so positive and you're always trying to help people. And that's very impressive. I know it isn't to you because to you, you're just breathing, <laughs> but it really is. It's very impressive. So I, I'm and, just honestly feel honored that I know you. Same way towards you, <laughs> and uh, what do you call it? You're an awesome individual, and uh, I'm already looking forward to next month's uh, conversation. Great, me too. And give my love to Athena. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. Thank you very much. Give my love to your kids. Give my love to Tim, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who joined us tonight from home, whether it was listening live or later on uh, listening on demand. Uh, until next time, this is us wishing you joyous journeys, amazing adventures, and countless blessings. Uh, we're going to close with a song. I, I'm not on CERN as much anymore. Uh, I'm on the Mount Olympus station more often. But let's see if we can find a nice uh, song to close uh, off with. Um, the wheel, it is turning. That sounds good.
light The virgin with babe in arms Newborn younglings nurse 